morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Morning, Stacey. How are you? Morning, John. I'm doing well this morning. Um, it's a beautiful day in Northern California. I think I think most people probably don't understand that this time of year we put extra blankets on the beds, um, and, and <laughs> that it's not it's not it's not bikinis and convertibles. It's sweaters and layers and, <laughs> and cold nights. Yep. Um, is what summertime is literally summertime is like in California. Yeah, that's a. Well, everyone else is heating up because I'm in Ohio this week. I'll be heading home to North Carolina this afternoon, but uh, I'm still in Ohio, and we're getting 80-plus degree weather with lots of high humidity and all kinds of rain in the afternoon, but it's definitely warming up here. You guys are cooling down, so it is the, the effect of the mountains, right, and the, and the ocean? Yeah, but it's, it's really interesting. I, you know, I'm an East Coast guy um, by history, and so... I still can't get over the fact that the weather always comes in from the ocean, so the so the air is always cold and moist, um, like ocean air. Uh, um, and and on the west coast, there are no fronts to interfere with the the weather coming in from the ocean, so you don't ever get thunder and lightning or or sort of the traditional east coast storms. It's a it's a different world. I so, the thunderstorms. So, <laughs> so you were in Ohio, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Ohio. I am. I am in my hometown, uh, looking out once again that you know window that I looked out when I was sixteen. So you know it's, it's always nice when you get to go home for a little bit. Um, and uh, but I'm heading home, heading to my home this afternoon <laughs> in North Carolina. It'll be good to sleep in my own bed. I've been on the road for about six weeks now, so I'm, I'll be happy to slow down a little bit. Um, I think you're going to be on the road a little bit still this this next couple of months. I know I'm I'm taking a break through the summer, uh, but you'll be doing the master's class still yet. Right? Yeah, yeah the, the, master, the master class is, is is an exciting thing. You know, Gina Kelly and I um, have been in and around the industry forever, and we we teach this class. It will be at Princeton on the 29th. Uh, we teach this class that covers. All of the aspects of the marketplace, who the players are, um, you know, sort of where the money is, what the functionality is, what the innovation levels look like, um, all in a single day. It's designed for people who are new to the industry or in a startup and sort of grouping their way around the industry or um, new to product management. It's, it's an orientation to the business. And, and which, we're excited about it. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing yeah. it for a long time now. You can find out more about that on hrexaminer.com. And I have just, well, we just wrapped up on Monday, although it was really, really surprising to see that we still had responses coming in, but the annual HR system survey wrapped up, and we, I know for a fact we got more responses than we did last year. Um, Aaron is going through the cleaning process this week, so I'll have a final number probably next week to share with everyone. But uh, so we are, are going to start heading into our data analysis phase in the next few weeks. So I'll be busy data crunching. But it was so exciting to see how many people responded to the survey this year. Um, what was that number again? Yeah. Eight million companies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, not quite that many yet. Uh, we're, but we, we had um, last year we were at uh, 1,300 individual organizations. Uh, this with, with a 
17.8 million workforce people. Uh, this year, I think we'll be well over that based off the numbers we are already seeing. So we're excited. That's awesome. That's awesome. I always look forward to the output of, of your work. Uh, okay, so what's in the mailbag? Oh, it's been a busy day or a busy week um, for the HR tech space, particularly for um, Workday. Workday has been on a on a um, acquisition um, kick for a while. Uh, they acquired two new organizations: one Rally Team, which is an HR um, organization; another one, uh, Adaptive Insights Acquisition, which was uh, or Adaptive Insights which is a financial planning tool. We can talk a little bit about those today. We also um, saw that there was um, some more funding going on, about 20 million in Series B funding for Homebase. Um, Homebase is a workforce management application and the sort of uh, hourly workforce model with um, for organizations um, in that sort of mid-market to small range. Um, so very a little bit larger than I thought they were, it's 100,000 organizations in their um, business. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we also saw uh, across the pond that um, uh, TalentSoft has done a um, sort of uh, uh, partnership and they're doing a deep integration with Rayet. Um, TalentSoft is a talent management application out of the European market, particularly they do a lot of focus in the, in the French market in France, but Rayet is sort of a core HRMS payroll solution in that market. Um, and so we're seeing them sort of combine Forces, and we'll talk a little bit about that. TalentSoft used to be ahead. part of Career Builder, right? Um, you know, I don't know that background, so 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 I wouldn't know. You might know that, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Why? Why? You, well, tell, so tell us about. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Tell us about that last. No. Yeah. No, we also have a, an update on Pymetrics. Uh, I know you've been doing a lot of work with Pymetrics and their artificial intelligence. Well, they they released an algorithm that they're calling a bias detection tool. Um, to GitHub, uh, open sourcing it for everybody. Um, and then if we have time, there's also some announcements about Plum, which is another recruiting software out of uh, the Canadian market, um, out of Waterloo, um, that has caught the eye of the artificial intelligence market as well. Um, so, so it's a, a lot of stuff going on this week um, that I think is interesting in the artificial intelligence space, but also in, in what's happening in the sort of business planning and analytics space as well. You want to start with the Workday conversation? Let's let's, let's go with Workday. Two acquisitions one week. That's um, yeah. um, getting the acquisition, the M and A department up and running. I think is, is how you describe that. So so <laughs> we got one that looks like the sort of standard issue uh, Workday acquire. They have really grown their their core. Engineering functionality through acquisitions uh, yeah. very successfully over the years, and and so this sounds like another one of those. What, what do we know about it? Yeah, so so Rally Team um, is a is basically a talent management sort of skill man, skill matching platform, a little bit more focused on the career management versus hiring side of things. Um, they have some, I think, interesting capabilities in sort of their their matching models. But I, but I think I agree that this is not so much a, a software acquisition as it is a, a talent acquisition. Uh, I think there's an area where we're going to see Workday um, spending a great deal of time in this idea of skills. Um, they've been talking about that for a long time and how to both manage skills from a matching perspective, but also from a 
continuous updating perspective. Um, and so I think they're sort of doubling down on that, and this is probably a hire that goes into that space. Now, um, so one gotta, of the things sort of in, go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. I, I gotta tell go you, I spent, I, go ahead. <laughs> we're gonna, we're having a rough morning today, John. <laughs> we both need an extra cup of coffee or tea. <laughs> you go ahead, I, I will comment afterwards. <laughs> so so I spent, I spent a very long time, I'm in the middle of doing uh, a lot of demos as I get ready to, to write the next report about AI and HR tech. And I spent a very long time on the phone with um, um, Google looking at their tool in this area. And, and I never understood this is this, the area of skills and the composition of skills inside of jobs and how those things evolve and what means what to whom. I, I, I for a very long time, I, my dad had um, um, deep interest in it. So it's dinner table conversation. And um, what Google is doing so far exceeds anything that I've heard anybody talk about in the space that, that it's worth just noticing here. They, they, they are treating um, the the skills mapping and job description and relationship between resumes and jobs problem as if it were a mapping problem. Yeah. So they're applying the same logic and resources that they used to uh, map the world to mapping jobs and the structure of jobs. And what that means is, in addition to almost all of the people who we talk about, um, do their work by crunching data, right? They, yeah. they, generally speaking, it's actually the job posting and resume um, data piles that they that they investigated and interrogate to do this stuff. And I'm sure that's what Rally Team does. Google is well, sending the equivalent of little cars with sensors on them out to meet people who do the work. Wow. So, so they have a mapping process that says, okay, here's what all the resumes say, and then here's what those people actually do. Yeah. And, and you know what? Google might just, just pull that off, and it is such an expansive view of this problem that, that – that it's hard for me to imagine five years from now that anybody who just used data to get there is going to be able to um, offer a, a, an equivalent level of quality. Yeah, I, I actually think that's a you know it, 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 you know I have had a couple conversations with the Google team about about what they're doing. Nothing quite as in depth as what as what you've been talking about, but I think. You know, they could really turn the market on its head if they're able to actually accomplish this. And I mean, people at one point in time said, you know, there's no way that Google could map the whole world, right? It just didn't seem like a feasible thing to to have a single company doing all the maps, the cartography, all the work that, that people had specialized degrees in. And yet, at the end of the day, you know, they were able to do that by using this large audience that they have, right? And, you know, when you think about sort of crowdsourced, you know, mapping, the idea of crowdsourced 
job scoping could be very, very intriguing. It could really readjust our whole concept about work. But yeah, but it's more than it's more than crowdsourcing. So when Google mapped the world, they have a picture of every house on the planet, and they've yeah. driven a car down every road on the planet, and they have a recording yeah. of that, right? And so it's so it's there's crowdsourcing for sure, um, but there's also physical data at the core of the so there's there's actual evidence at the core rather than a guess about what a resume means, okay. right? It's, Right, the, the 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 mapping data. You go to Google's mapping data and get a picture of where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> right, and so so if they can do that with jobs, um, and do that with skills, that's going to be just an absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, it'll, it'll change how we think about it. Yeah, yeah, and so and the only other thing I was going to add to this conversation is that with the rally team, what's sort of interesting is. You know, they're an organization that's been sort of around for a little while. They, they got about, in 2013, they got $8.6 million in funding. But the group that funded them was led by Northwest Ventures with participation from Cornerstone on Demand, as well as some other organizations. But I think, you know, it sort of goes to show that, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about how some of these small firms are getting investments from the larger firms. That's part of how we're seeing basically the the innovation get sparked in this market, right, is these these small sort of investment firms coming out of the, the larger vendors. And, you know, this is a real competition about who's going to get the talent first, right? And in this particular case, you know, Workday basically felt that this was a, a team they wanted. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a different world. It's a very different world. So that's a cool acquisition. And then the big news, which is that they bought Adaptive Insights. Yeah, this is a really big acquisition for them. $1.55 billion. Um, so this is, I, I think, as far as I, as far as the, sort of the, the market and a couple other people have been saying, the largest acquisition that Workday has made, um, Adaptive Insights is a financial planning solution that has a lot of tools in the, both the financial planning and the Salesforce sort of planning from a sales numbers perspective. Um, they have been around for quite some time. They were actually going public. Workday, you know, got them off the market as they were going public, um, and they have about 3,800 customers, more so in the mid market and SMB space. But still, that's more customers than Workday has at this point. I think if I look at the total numbers, I think in the same range. But um, that's a pretty big acquisition for them, I would say. How do you think this is going to play out for them? This is more than just hiring, getting talent, right? Yeah, well, this is this will beg the question. You, you know, you and I sat in a room with Anil, um, who's the, the CEO of Neil, um, um, a couple of years ago, where he ranted and raved about Frankensoft, which is, um, you know, large-scale platform software that is stitched together from other pieces. Um, you know, with a sort of a, a direct a direct targeting of um, Oracle and SAP in, the, in those remarks. And it's hard for me, I, I, you know, anything's possible, but it's hard for me to imagine how you take something that has 3,500 operating customers um, and shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so, so this looks like, this looks like uh, the end of the anti-Frankensoft story to me. I'm, I'm happy to be wrong, uh, but but it looks it looks like um, uh, Workday 
is doing what you need to do. They've grown so well organically. In order to keep the growth up, you have to acquire um, revenue as well as technology. And when you do that in software, it means that you have to um, wrestle with the integration problem. And for at least some, you know, as long as it takes the last customer of Adaptive Insights to convert to Workday, they'll be running two different kinds of code now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and in this case, you know, the business planning tool, Workday launched about a year and a half ago. It's it's a very good sort of sort of analysis data crunching tool. You know, it's got a sort of a, a really deep spreadsheet model, those type of things. Um, you know, a lot of what business planning software is all about, though, is the forecasting capabilities. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they merge what this tool does with what Workday's current business planning software does. Um, whether or not these two uh, will become more complementary, maybe um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you know, Workday is Workday is really digging its heels into the idea that it is, at its core, an intelligent planning tool that has all of these other related bits of functionality, and it's a great idea. It's really, it's really differentiating at the at the point in the market where they are, and so that's um, that's worth understanding and celebrating. That, that this is a, another step down that road. Yeah, and they're definitely heading in that way in a fast way. Now, another organization that is <clears throat> also continuing to grow and has more clients than I thought they did. I, I, I looked at the home-based org, uh, software before. Um, they are a workforce management application. They just received $20 million in Series B funding. So this is their second round of funding. Um, they they um, said they have over 100,000 local businesses um, with their um, managing um, full-service and hourly workforces, but primarily they're focused on the hourly workforce market. And um, their tool up to this point has been mostly about scheduling and tracking time. Um, but with um, this announcement of the funding, they also announced that they are launching a new hiring application. So they are sort of going um, toe-to-toe. We're trying to go toe-to-toe with a lot of the MM, SMB and mid-market hiring applications in this space. Uh, and what's sort of interesting with this organization, you know, the conversations I've had has been more about sort of their approach to the market. Um, they, they make a claim that everybody in their organization, which isn't hard to be, but everybody in their organization has at one point or time worked in the service industry. Um, of course, almost all of us have worked in the service industry at one point in time if we're putting ourselves through school or other things like that. Um, but they're everything they're doing is tailored on the idea of hourly workforces, high turnover, how to retain them, how to hire them in a way that is different than what you're seeing from what I would say is some of the traditional office-based sort of, um, many cases, um, white-collar or manufacturing workforce job tools. Um, And and they're adding some new features along that line, Um, progress tracking and easy job creation and publishing tools that are focused on the hourly workforce. So this is interesting. I think we're going to see more of the workforce management applications increase what they can do because they're the next evolution in the market, I think. Fascinating. Fascinating. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And so the next, the next thing for these people will be to add uh, training functionality. Yeah. Yeah, Probably. I would say training functionality. Um, And then, 
you know, the, the question will be, do they pair with a core HRMS and payroll solution provider? Um, you know, it's very likely that, you know, they, they pair with one of the pays, you know, the, the pay course, pay comms, someone like that, right? Um, because they, that is the piece that generally is not something that they can build upon. So. Well, that's, that's cool. And so the next one, rate? Yep, this is an example of just that, Rayet. Um, Rayet is a HR cloud solution in the European market, um, by focusing primarily on core HRMS and payroll. Um, but they are have created a, a partnership with a deep integration model with TalentSoft. TalentSoft is one of the largest um, European talent management applications. Um, so they have um, uh, some of the largest numbers that we've seen in our survey um, and, and in the numbers across the board in sort of a standalone talent management suite in the European market. Um, and now Rayette, which doesn't have a huge, I mean, I mean, it's got a big base in, in Europe, um, but not a huge base. Um, but this is sort of giving sort of that holistic story to the TalentSoft audience um, where they can now serve everything that someone needs uh, through this integration. Um, so they're, they're working through this. They're looking at this as a one-stop shop for HR conversation, all the things we've heard before. I think what's more interesting about this announcement from the TalentSoft and Rayette audience is that the um, cornerstones, the oracles, the SAPs, you know, the very large enterprise solutions that have been up to this point very focused on sort of um, particularly the U.S. market, right? Um, this is a, a, a sort of true competition conversation, right? Um, uh, do you sort of have an opportunity to purchase a European-based organization, particularly with some of the new uh, regulations and data management going on? Um, or do you purchase a, and at least in the Cornerstone and the Workday and the, the Oracle, a U.S.-based you know, uh, enterprise organization? So it, this could be a competition, at least in those, in those spaces. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, TalentSoft was a... a functioning piece of career builder up until career builders uh, private equity acquisition and so this sounds like they are firmly launching off out beyond the career builder ownership there isn't a single mention of career builder in the um, uh, in the announcement that's that, that's pretty interesting I, I think I think what's happening over at Career Builder is they're getting very, very focused on their core. Yeah, yeah. I want to say in all the briefings I've had with the TalentSoft team, I didn't realize that that was their background, um, and they never mentioned that. But I have looked at their application. It's very forward-looking. It's, 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 you know, as you know, full functioning as any of the other talent management applications that we see that have come out of the U.S. or other areas in, in Australia. Um, and um, I think, you know, it, it will give a, a run for the money. And it's very, very um, European designed. So it has um, much of the capability to work at a regional level um, that is missing in some of the U.S.-based applications. So it'll be interesting to see how this works. Many of those U.S.-based organizations are seeing Europe as a open market. Cornerstone talked about it a lot last um, week when we were there at their event. Um, that it is a fast-growing market in the talent management and the HR technology space. Um, this is competition for that. So, yeah. So, then the last one is Pymetrics puts its audit AI um, algorithm bias detection tool into GitHub's open source uh, coffers. 
Yes. So what do you think of this one? Yeah. Um, so, so first thing is, is, uh, this is, this is both a pretty important thing and an example of what's wrong with the marketing in our space. <laughs> and so what, what, what the Pymetrics tool might do is, um, help with compliance, right? It's, it's against the law to have bias in your hiring processes um, that, that, that have a disparate impact on um, protected classes of people, right? And so that's really important. Um, and um, uh, th- there's a very clear question about whether or not you can build AI that does hiring and other human selection related things that doesn't discriminate, right? And so this is a tool that analyzes the output of an algorithm and tells you whether or not the output of that algorithm is biased against these protected classes. Yeah, and and I, and I think it's important to, to, to sort of note how it says it does this. It, it basically says it's a specific statistic or trait fed into an algorithm is being, you know, it's analyzing whether it's being favored or disadvantaged at a statistically significant systematic rate, right? Um, leading to adverse impacts on people underrepresented in the data set. So it's, a, it's, it's very much sort of taking underrepresented populations, figuring out what those are, figuring out what things are having an impact on the algorithmic outcome, right? Um, it feels like this should be already being done in every single AI algorithm. So my question, I guess, John, is, is this being done in most of the algorithms already? And is this just sort of a, uh, a nice to have for those who are, who are developing sort of new algorithms? Or is this something that, that we're not seeing in those algorithms? And so this is very important that they start to do this. This is a, this is a murky area to try to sort through, right? Because, because, because people like Pymetrics cloud the language of what we're talking about, and mm-hmm. so, so, so it's it's not possible to imagine um, an algorithm that doesn't contain bias. It's a nonsense idea. Of course, algorithms contain bias, um, and and it's particularly challenging to understand what the bias is in an algorithm because most bias is quite unconscious. So, so, so you and I have problems seeing our biases because, well, they're unconscious, <laughs> you know? yeah. and and becoming aware, conscious yeah. of one's biases is um, um, uh, probably not actually possible. You can see some of it, you can train some of it, but but the the level of cultural bias is so extraordinary that 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 it's it's kind of silly to try to imagine eradicating it and and it's even sillier to imagine what you'd have left if it was all gone um and so so this larger question of bias detection is um 
naive. Let, let's let, let's be generous and call it naive instead of what you might call it if it was marketing done by people who know better. Um, so, um, so, so I get <coughs> I get what you're saying about about the term bias in and of itself. But so let's let's take this out of of the bias. Let's take that language out of it, right? And if we and if we call it, you know, um, compliance or fair hiring, you know, th- this this ability to understand that you are disadvantaging certain groups of people by how you're running an algorithm. Do you think that's important, though? Because to me, that seems really important. Well. It's so so this is this is maybe the most in top most important topic to be investigating right now because we've got a we've got a, a deep social justice question and we've got a talent shortage and we've got some fairly significant generational transitions and we've got an increasingly globalized workforce right so you want to you want to not create a class system workforce if you want to get stuff done otherwise it's just an imperial monarchy mm-hmm. um, um, but um, it's very very difficult to separate qualifications from bias so for instance if you say you must have um, an engineering degree and five years of experience Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, in the United States, you're talking about white males, yeah. right? And you, you know, and and you can do all you want to do all night and all day to change that. But the moment you say uh, engineering degree, five years experience, you're in a universe that is, you know, eighty-nine or ninety percent white male. So, so. So, so what do you do about that? If that's what you need to build the company. What what do you do about that? And if you try to ameliorate the requirements, um, um, you you end up with an entirely different kettle of fish in the compliance world, right? And so 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 the fundamental question, which is how do you, it's not is there bias in the algorithm? That's a really interesting question. But the real question is. How do you get an increasingly diverse workforce? Um, this doesn't really help that, right? This reinforces this reinforces the reliance on um, hard criteria for uh, job placement, which reinforces the educational structure that we already have and limits. Um, um, uh, underrepresented groups for moving forward. Yeah. Well, we're not going to have time to talk about it today, but I but I do think, you know, the there's a, a organization that just made some announcements that I think is well worth maybe taking a look at called Plum. Uh, they're an organization that I think is actually tackling very much what you're talking about. How do you think about hiring non-traditional sort of workforces into areas where you wouldn't normally sort of find them. And maybe we could talk about it next week because I think oh, the a, idea, that, yeah. That's great, that's great. Um, 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 and, and this gets more at the bias in the hiring process question. There's still, you, you know, there's still a, if you, if you hire people based on something other than qualifications, 
um, um, you open yourself up to regulatory scrutiny in other ways. And yep. that's, that's, it's, it's, it's a catch 22 here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, we have run through our 30 minutes, John, and we're still having, I think we could probably could talk for another 30 minutes on this particular topic, <laughs> but, but we'll have to table it till next week and hopefully we'll be able to, uh, to get some more insights from your upcoming report when you get through all your demos. Yeah, that's fun. So thanks for doing this, Stacey. It was a good conversation today. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. And we will see you back here next week. Bye-bye now. Thanks, everyone. Bye.